0: Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes. For it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to The Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK and with me is my buddy, uh, The Glitch. Hey Craig, what's going on? Well, I have this letter here. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it's from Sean, the Arcade Phantom, who's on Noiseland Arcade.
1: Okay. What's up with the letter?
0: It it says that, you know, he, he wants to meet me here at the studio. But, but Sean's been dead for three years.
1: Where did you get the letter?
0: I don't know. I just don't know.
1: Did you, did you wake up with it in your hand?
2: I don't remember. Oh hey guys how's it going (laughs) oh there you are where have you it's been three years why where have you been i have gone through some stuff
0: oh where have you been staying in a certain place
2: i might have been staying in a town a small midwestern town silent hill
1: oh oh no that is right because we are doing silent hill 2. Made by Konami and released for the
0: PlayStation 2 on September 24th of 2001, this survival horror game puts you into the control of James Sunderland, who receives a letter from his wife urging him to go to the town of Silent Hill, but she's been dead for three years. Now, quick warning, straight up front, right, right out of the gate. I just want to lay it all on the table for you right now. Silent Hill 2 is not only an M-rated game, but it also contains some of the most horrifying things in almost any video game out there. And done in a really well, a really very well-made way. However, uh, this is the warning for this episode that things are going to get not only a little on the scary
1: side, but we're going to talk about some kind of uh, heavier stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a little taboo a little yeah. bit with the storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah some things
2: will get very dark. But you know what? That's Halloween. So... So for anyone who's potentially uncomfortable,
0: you know, when it comes to the sexual fans, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I just don't recommend that you uh, would listen to this. Uh, but if you are a fan of Silent Hill 2, you know what you're here for. Let's go ahead and dive right in to the gameplay. So, I well, uh, do you feel like, I feel like maybe story actually should maybe take center stage here over gameplay, because that's
2: how they made it.
1: I'm really more interested about when you guys played this. So
2: I played it on launch. I went out and bought it the day it came out, and the Xbox version I actually got right after my graduation party. I believe, actually, you and I left my graduation party mm-hmm. to go buy an Xbox, and I bought um, oh. Knights of the Old Republic and Silent Hill. <laughs> That's right! And I'm going to drop a uh, a word here, but it's, it's there's a group of people online who help find video game deals. It's a cuss. It is a cuss, so everybody... Get ready for that. Uh, this is the first time I was ever introduced to Cheap Ass Gamer, which, if you don't know, Cheap Ass Gamer is a forum where people will post ads for video games early, mm-hmm. any deal that basically is going on with video games. And I found out that I could get Silent Hill 2 for my Xbox for $20 at Meyer. So we immediately rushed out of my graduation party, where <laughs> I should have been there because it was focused on me to buy an Xbox and get that Silent Hill in Knights of the Old Republic.
1: Hey, where's Sean? <laughs> oh Sean left for a while
2: ago. I think, I think I saw him and Craig uh like leave out the back.
1: I mean oh. if it was me, I'd just be eating. <laughs> Good party.
0: I, honestly, the, the safest bet is anytime Sean and I leave the same place at the same time quickly, you don't want to be in that place for much longer. Okay. <laughs> I don't recommend it. So so that was how uh Sean first played Silent Hill too. What about you, uh Glitch? So
1: I was a little off with this game. I'd never played the first one. I still haven't, actually. And I played this one after I beat Resident Evil 4.
2: Oh, wow. Because I, Quite a bit
1: I was in a, a little bit of a horror kick. I played the, the Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube, and... Uh, Daniel's family actually liked watching me play like these horror games. Uh-huh. So I had brought it over to their house with my oh. PlayStation 2. Oh no, this is Silent Hill <laughs> 2. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I got this game and it's rated really high with the in the horror genre and" oh, I'll man. play it. So that's how I got into this game and so that wouldn't have been until like the summer of 2004.
0: That I don't I don't think this is the game mm. you take to the in-laws. No, not really.
1: <laughs> not really.
0: Did everyone, like, when you finished the game, did you just set the controller down and, like, everyone was silent? And then suddenly, like, like your in-laws, like, aunts, like some distant relative or cousins were just like, I want a divorce.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, honestly, and I think that I don't really like this game that much. Really? Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with it is it was just uncomfortable, a bizarre game that didn't meet my expectations, and I mean, on top of the fact that I played it in 2005 and graphics were better, and, and honestly, this game still holds up very well, I think, graphically, but in my head, I just was not a fan by the time I got to the end of this game.
0: Is it because you realized dark truths about yourself that <laughs> you, like, is that why you didn't
2: like it?
1: It's just very, I didn't get all the metaphors, it didn't reach me.
2: So, Is it partially also because you played Resident Evil 4 first, which is a little more action-oriented, and this is a very slow build?
1: I mean, I played all the Resident Evil games before that.
2: But even even though those have quick action, like one thing that I was comparing when I was uh, doing research for this episode is I actually replayed Silent Hill 2, and I replayed Resident Evil 2, Mm -hmm. the original, not the 2019 remake. Mm -hmm. And Resident Evil 2, within the first five seconds of the game, you're thrown in front of a bunch of zombies. Silent Hill 2 takes a good half an hour yeah. until you meet the first monster. Oh wow! It all is build up until that point. It is a far slower game. And I wonder if that had some kind of effect because it's a very slow game.
1: It does. So now I was going to talk about this in the gameplay part. The opening sequence, you're just walking through fog. Mm-hmm. There's no real direction on what you need to do. You get to the city, more fog. It just didn't... There was no anything. There was no direction there. You don't really know what to do. I just felt lost the entire time I played the game.
0: Coincidentally, uh, that is how you should feel, not only in the game wandering through the fog, but also your heart should feel lost as you play this game. (laughs) Uh, So I have a confession I am not a survival horror guy. Uh, Longtime fans of Legend of Retro will know that. I've just never really got into the survival horror genre. And Sean has always told me like, you're going to love silent Hill two. You need to play, need to play. And it was always like, I just can't get into the gameplay itself. So finally I, I got around to just like kind of watching through the game, like, like, you know, let's plays long plays, things like that, watching reviews of it. And I started to get way more interested in it. So it's a game I know a lot about, but I've never actually played it. I've watched people play a little bit of it. I've, uh, Played a little bit of the first Silent Hill, and I just don't know what it is. Survival horror games, the atmosphere I love, the the horror, you know, aesthetics and stuff I love, like, all this stuff I really appreciate about the game, but the gameplay itself, and it's not that it's, like, boring, because I've definitely played slow build games, and I'm into JRPGs, I I can definitely handle that style, I yeah. just, I don't know, it's like the tank controls and stuff, and, like, the fact that, like, there's a lot of puzzles where it's, like... Oh, did you did you throw the orange juice down the laundry <laughs> chute? And it's like, no, I didn't think to do that. Silent Hill, and it's like, oh well, you should have tried it. And it's like, okay, well, wow, yeah, it worked. Here we go. I can move on in the game. You know, so like, there's there's like weird, obscure, and obtuse kind of puzzles like that, even in like Resident Evil, where it's like. You're in the police station. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to go to the records room. It's behind this puzzle. You need to find the four Uh, diamonds and (laughs) place them in the correct spot. Exactly. It's. I mean, like, you can explain it away with in-game plot as much as you want.
2: It just takes me out of it. You're just like, man, why did... The police police station was a former art museum, which was then (laughs)
1: retrofitted to become a police station. See?
0: Like, for fans, it's like, well, it makes sense to me. And it's like, but that's so
1: stupid. It's like, Janice, I need you to get the files for the Simpson case. (laughs) Well, hold on. I got to find the four diamonds. I don't know where I put... West.
0: Oh God! If you don't have those, we can't get into the records room. Wait a minute—the jail is behind the Four Diamonds room. They're gonna starve to death. I uh, yeah. So so stuff like that, I I you know have a harder time with. So that so my experience with this game is through watching it online, reading up on it and doing research, and watching the movie *The Shining*. Which so, is kind
2: of suspiciously similar to the Silent Hill, at least Silent Hill 2 and 1 to a degree. So one thing that you brought up was the obtuse puzzles. Uh-huh. Something I find really interesting about this game, and not even the other Silent Hills, because it doesn't really carry over. Three has it as well. Mm-hmm. There's a puzzle difficulty.
1: Yeah, you can change really? the settings. Yeah, the difficulty you can have the puzzles.
2: easy, medium, and hard puzzles. That's kind of cool. So because I'm a big dummy, I can move it to easy.
0: Yes. Oh, okay, that's neat. Uh, well, I tell you what. That's our experiences with the game. Let let us chat about. I mean, like like you said, glitch. I, I we always talk about gameplay first because that's sort of what informs the game. But like Silent Hill Two is not about its gameplay. You're, you're no, it's way more about the story. But there's so much more to talk about there. So let's just talk about the game. Yeah. So
1: like Craig had said, it's got the tink controls, which honestly I never had a problem with. I think a lot of the games on the PlayStation 2 had that. Oh,
0: yeah. A ton of people are
1: super into them. You know, Mega like, Man like, um, Legends. I love that game. It's got the tank controls. So I, I That
0: kind of took me out of Mega Man Legend, Legends oh, as really? much as I love it. Okay. I, I love Legends, but like the tank controls
2: are one of those things that throw me off. I
1: yeah. mean, they definitely improved when they added the two analog sticks, and you sure, could do sure. that, but I, tank controls never bothered me.
2: I mean, even modern games like Gears of War has a modern version of tank controls. Pretty close. Because it's got the quick turn, it's got the slow turning when you run. It's just a little faster. It's faster tank controls. Hmm. I. Uh, so yeah, it's third person, so the camera's behind you, mm-hmm.
0: and you know you like. You know, when you think survival horror, you think like fighting monsters. You know, like monsters jump out of the fog or whatever to get you. But really, it almost makes way more sense to not fight monsters and just run around them if you can in Silent Hill. You know, because you're you're playing James Sunderland. You're just this average guy. You know, if you look at all the other action hero, or not action heroes, but like, you know, uh, video game heroes from around that time, you have like, you know, characters like Master Chief and stuff who are like jumping thousands of feet in the air and like sword slicing enemies and like shooting like weapons. And they're just going crazy. But like James is just some guy. He gets this creepy letter from his wife that's dead and he wants to go to this town because he's like kind of desperate, you know, to 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 get back at like, you know, get back to his wife who he misses. And so you just sort of like I saw a comparison online that showed like the frames of animation and like it showed like the swing of him like hitting with like a like a baseball bat or like a two by four or whatever. Yeah. And it's just so long. You just wind it back, yeah. Everything slap so slow. it down, and, like, you have so much recoil afterwards. And, you know, I mean, like, gameplay-wise, you think, like, oh, that's super frustrating. I want to just hit things and run. But, like, imagine if you really were trying to hit some monster with, like, a board with a nail in it. Like, you're not really going to be very ad- adept at it unless you're a trained fighter. You are going to hit it and then kind of stumble afterwards and stuff because he's just some some schlub you know, it's just some dude
1: My right? yeah and i think with the fog and how you can't you can this game is very dark like if you play resident evil games you'll see you know you can see a little bit better i think uh the lighting is clear this game i feel like it's 100 percent dark
2: oh it is always dark on purpose
0: yeah, I mean, they, you know, on one hand, the fog distorts the game to the point where they don't have to worry about, like, draw distance, like, things off in the distance. They don't have to worry about, you know, animating. But, I mean, the other side of it is that, you know, Silent Hill is, I mean, the town almost has, like, a sentience to it, which we can get to as we start talking about mm-hmm. the game. You know, this, this game is just, like, it, it, it's really trying to get you, and so it's just, like, just like really, really claustrophobic in the fact that you can't see in front of you with this like crazy fog. And so at the the atmosphere, really, it works to, your, to the benefit.
2: Yeah. I so like- one thing I really like about the atmosphere itself with the mm-hmm. fog is that a lot of times you will be 100% safe in the game, but you won't feel safe. You will hear mm-hmm. things in the distance that you think are monsters coming after you, and there's nothing there. That's one trick it does, is it plays with the sound design in this game, and it will make monster sound effects for areas where there's something far off in the distance, you think, but it's much closer than you think. Ugh.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely spooky. I appreciate that, like, you know, they're really trying to get into your head, you know, in the game, because, you know, I mean, Resident Evil is spooky, but, like, it's more about jump scares, You know, the the window smashes open and it's a a zombie dog. Yeah. You know, Uh, Dino Crisis window smashes open and it's a T-Rex. You know, it's like whatever survival horror game you're playing from around this time. Not always, of course. And there's definitely spooky atmosphere in those games. But a lot of it is jump scares is how it gets you. But like in Silent Hill 2, it's way more about that like dread that just like creeping slow dread that just like tugs at you. And yeah, it's it's really unsettling.
1: Yeah, I don't even think you get a flashlight until like thirty minutes into the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little ways in. Oh man,
1: uh, but you do get your radio, which alerts you when monsters. Oh, are that I, I hated the radio mm-hmm. so much because uh-huh. it's just that noise when you have it on all the time. Just that's it.
2: Yeah, it's a low white noise. Just okay, that's enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so
2: oh god, there's a monster
0: nearby. Uh so so that's the the controls. They're they're a little clumsy, and you know it's sort of dis- it's kind of done on purpose to a degree. Where like yeah, you you don't control especially well. You're not very fast or whatever. But like you know that's to sort of put the. F- Fear into you, you know, it's like, you know, like, you know, you can't run around like a maniac with a knife slicing off zombie heads and be like, this is the easiest game ever, you know, you really can't do that in this type of game, you know. But let's chat a little bit about the story, which is kind of really going to like delve us into the monsters, the bosses, the... Uh, it has multiple endings, and so, you know, I'm sure there's going to be spoilers okay, for the game at this say, point, yeah. Am I know.
2: allowed to spoil the big twist at
1: I feel like we have to in <sighs> okay. order to yeah. talk about the game. Yeah. It very yeah. it, it's very a, important.
0: It's a very big part about the game, and it really, really shines a lot of light onto everything that happens in the game. So so James gets this letter, he comes to Silent Hill, and he starts meeting some of these like kind of weird people that all have been sort of summoned, so to speak, by the city? You know, you have like what is his name, Eddie, the the weird guy in like kind of like childlike clothing, who's like talking about how easy it is to like. Well, it's like you first meet him and he's like, "I didn't kill anybody," and he's like
1: throwing up in the toilet. I like Eddie. I, I can lo- relate to Eddie. I
2: love Eddie so much. Wait, did you say relate?
1: Yeah. Oh. He uh. Well, I I like the fact that like the town is being destroyed by all these monsters. And he's like,
2: I mean, pizza. Leave me alone. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I can I can relate to that to a degree for sure. Uh, so, later on mm-hmm. in the game, I'm going to spoil Eddie. Eddie starts to slowly lose his mind.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I was actually going through all my research. I'm like looking through notes of old Silent Hill 2 stuff I have. My live journal. Oh, no. From back in high school. Oh, no. The uh, top tagline that would pop up at the page was one of Eddie's quotes. Oh, <laughs> What was it? It was killing a person ain't a big deal. Just put a gun to their head. <laughs> <laughs> that is the edgiest thing I've ever heard. Oh, actually, I take
0: that back. Uh, that is the the same level of edgy as I remember you from high school. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. It's high school edge. It's high <laughs> school angst incarnate.
1: Uh, we've all been there. I think the first uh, character you come across is it's Angela in the graveyard, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Angela has kind of got a, a really messed up story, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, she's really screwed up.
0: Well, I mean so so Angela, you meet in the graveyard and she got some daddy issues. yeah so she talks about how like there's something wrong with the town like there, like something is is just unsettling
2: about the town and you end up getting separated from her, right? You just leave her there in the graveyard. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't, like, say, like, oh, you know, I'll take you somewhere safe. You just are like, okay, bye, going off on my adventure to find my dead wife.
0: I mean, I guess technically at this point you don't know how horrifying the city
2: really is. But to be fair, Angela's voice actress, this isn't, like, pretty bad voice acting days, the early era mm-hmm. in, like, 2000. Her voice actress really, really personifies an abuse case. She sounds like someone who's got that, like... Kind of quiet, kind of voice, where it's almost like the wife in The Shining. Ooh, there's another analogy. We'll see more of those. Have more of those coming up because she talks very subtle. She's very quiet. She doesn't want to say too much or emote too much, but she just kind of talks like this to James, and she's okay.
0: So Angela's story continues, and like is she? She's the one who's technically like debating on like suicide, right? like you find her and take the knife from her. Yes. And you eventually find out that uh her mom turned a blind eye to her father abusing her sexually yeah. and it's super heavy and dark and like you you like kill that monster and she like she basically kind of like at that point like lashes out. Like the the timid nature is dropped and she becomes angry understandably so, and she starts lashing out even at, like, Jane, saying that, like, you know, all men are, like, trash, basically, right? You know, and because at this point, she's been damaged really heavily and very hurt, understandably so, and so she just gets angry at everything around her. And by the end of the game, you start to find out that everybody in Silent Hill is sort of seeing something different, because she sees like you go into I don't remember the building it's like maybe the hospital or something and it's on fire
1: yeah that's towards the end right yes and like
0: and she basically is like you know like listen this like this like is what I'm seeing throughout the city so to her the entire city of Silent Hill was engulfed in flames Maybe likely a parallel to her anger, you know, that was just sort of seething inside of her or something. Uh and then she ends up like what running into the fire and like you lose like she's
1: gone. Okay, so uh like I said, I played this over at my in law's house. Uh-huh. We actually laughed so hard at this scene because she just like Yeah, is it warm? And then I think James is like uh it's hot as hell in here and then she just walks off into the fire up the stairs and we're like where is she going
0: I, uh, i mean i can understand the the especially in a group setting just like trying to use the humor to diffuse the situation but she was going to die yeah that's that's what was happening there i i'm sorry to break it to your in-laws but that wasn't hilarious she died in a fire live and learn <laughs> She should have known better. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, Fire bad. I feel like that's the totally wrong direction. We're not going in uh, their Glitch. Uh, so so th- those that's those two. But there's actually a character that Silent Hill is not affecting, right? Yes. Uh, what's her name?
2: Maria? Uh, she uh about Laura? She Laura, about the Laura, the little Laura, girl. Laura. Yeah.
0: yeah, there's a little girl who wants to find your wife as well because she befriended her in the hospital. Yep. But Silent Hill is not, there's no monsters to her. She doesn't see the monsters that you're seeing. Nothing is hurting her. And so she's kind of immune to this city. Presumably because she doesn't have, like, trauma that's being worked on and, like, guilt and all this other horrible stuff that, like, Eddie has and, you know, uh, 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 James uh, Sunderland has. You know, so, like, she's kind of immune to it and, like, she, like, lashes out at, you know, James throughout the, you know, the game and stuff. And and, of course, the other really big character is uh, uh, cause you're, Maria, because Maria, your no. wife's name is Mary. Mary. And so Maria looks suspiciously like your wife, only she's in a little bit more provocative of clothing. And, and her hair is different. Yeah, and her hair is different, but she sounds the same and looks the same. Mm-hmm. And she, like, teases James
2: and, like, and also, like, like, emotionally abuses him. Right. Like, she, like, yells at him a lot. Right she not only yells at him, but she also brings up moments from him and Mary's past a lot and really messes with James by that because she'll bring up moments like, oh, we made a videotape together. Do you remember it, honey? How (laughs) messed up is that? So let's go ahead and dive into
0: the monsters, which will lead us to the end of the game. Right? Sound good? Yeah. So the monsters, like, are really, really creepy. So there's, like, one monster that, like... Is essentially like it's it it's sort of like a, a hunched over figure that's like clutching in its arms as if it's in a straitjacket, but the straitjacket is if it's like as if it was made of flash. You have like monsters like them that are you know like just like they vomit at you and stuff. They're like they look
2: horribly ill. You have like those nurses. So with those monsters, mm-hmm. they're um the patients, and when you knock them on the ground, one of the scariest things is if you don't kill them they like you you guys remember the animated how the grinch stole christmas
0: yeah yeah Yeah. when
2: he slides in the window and slithers along the ground Uh yeah that's basically what they do is they contort themselves and just slither along the ground after you (laughs) (laughs) oh gross uh and then of course the bubblehead nurses
0: Mm -hmm. uh which are you know like they have these like weird like puffed up faces as if they're like I don't even know like I can't tell if that's supposed to be flesh or like a weird like wrapping that's around them Uh, but they're like they almost look like they're in like skimpy Halloween nurse outfits they're like very provocatively dressed.
1: I know they're the ones that had like the legs on the upper part, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. And then the, the, yeah. the those legs. Those are the ones and... that screwed with me the most. Oh, yeah. Those
0: are really creepy looking. It's, it's like a feminine pair of legs connected to another effeminate
2: pair of legs. Yeah. So it's just these like four legs that are connected, just like lashing around. So those are actually based on something in real life. Uh beg your pardon? <laughs> those <laughs> monsters are based on the artist Hans Bellmer. He had a collection of dolls that he would make. And they were made out of mannequin parts, and they were oddly sexual. Uh. So I actually have a couple of those that I wanted to show you guys today. Okay. Because you can kind of see the inspiration for Silent Hill as you look at them. So for anyone who's listening, look up Hans Belmer dolls if you ever want to see some of the inspirations for monsters.
0: Oh, good lord. Oh, dear lord. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. It's
1: contorted like a certain way.
0: I hope that everyone listening to this podcast uh, right now is it like it's Halloween and it's midnight and this is what you're looking at because my lord,
2: that is uh, that is just so spooky. Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I have a fascination with Hans Belmer's art. I think it's very <laughs> weird and sexual and just disgustingly disturbing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's almost like a train wreck. Like you can't look away.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, the monsters in this game were awesome, by the way. Oh yeah, they're yeah. great.
2: I, the monsters were um, designed by Masahiro Ito. Okay, yeah, the the monster design
0: is solid, and there's kind of a reason that a lot of them are sexual in nature and very effeminate, and that is because of the 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 biggest thing brought to the Silent Hill series, Pyramid Head. Oh, Pyramid yeah. Head appears in a bunch of other Silent Hill games, the movies. Pyramid Head is the, like, sort of mascot of Silent Hill.
2: So, as a big Silent Hill fan, Mm -hmm. this always bugged me.
0: Because it's very personalized to James, and then somehow it made it to every other game?
2: Yes. So, it didn't make it to every other game, because it doesn't show up again until Silent Hill Homecoming. Okay. It showed up in Homecoming, which came out after the first Silent Hill movie, which I'm pretty sure is only put in there because the first Silent Hill movie was so successful. Oh, But Pyramid Head is very James-oriented. It is James torture.
0: Yeah, so James goes throughout this game. Uh, Did you have something to say there? I was going to say
1: Homecoming. I'm not extremely familiar with the series, but is that the one where you're playing the daughter?
2: No, that's um, Silent Hill 3. Um, Silent Hill Homecoming takes place, and you are a guy who escapes from a prison hospital hospital that's that's um downport downport prisoner Um, homecoming your escape from a hospital and you basically go to like this town that's next to silent hill and there's like a weird connection there
0: okay Hmm. i so so pyramid head is ultra masculine it's a muscular form but he has this giant like metal triangle like uh, as a head, and he walks around with like a big heavy sword and he's got like bloodied like ro- like rags on and stuff, almost like a butcher's apron. And th- a lot of the times throughout the- well, the f- first time you see Pyramid Head, it's terrifying because you're in this apartment complex and you just walk down this hall and there's this like steel gate and he's just staring at you from the other side. And then he turns around and just walks off. and that's when it dawns on you. Oh, my Lord, that horrifying thing is in this apartment complex with me. Yeah. And so other times you see this creature, though, it's like sexually assaulting, like the female
2: monsters. Yeah. It's sexually assaulting one of those leg monsters that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: It's really, really disturbing. It's. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember walking in the room and being like, what is going on right now?
0: And I just imagine I uh, knocked all the in laws are just like
1: yep.
2: staring at this scene, and they're like, one of them is just like, so when's uh, uh, dinner going to be ready? <laughs> but like the most disturbing part about it to me is so James walks into one of the apartment rooms, mm-hmm. and the pyramid head is sexually assaulting one of those dolls. James, in horror, goes into the closet, and he watches from the closet as the thing sexually assaults. And then breaks the thing in half. He kills the thing that he just sexually assaulted.
1: Yeah, it's super gross. And people are into those things. <laughs> I'm not going to judge here on this podcast. No, no,
2: that's no, something no, you, can judge. Judge. <laughs> you can judge. You can judge on
0: that. You can definitely judge on that, uh, glitch. That's absolutely something to judge. So, so throughout the game, we're seeing all these like weird things happening, and eventually, Pyramid Head even like kills Maria. Who's been like following you around and then like she comes back? Yeah, that threw me off
1: so much. He what you're in an elevator, right? Yes. Yeah. And she's like, Help me, get me out of here and then he just comes up behind her, stabs her, and then she dies. Uh Uh-huh. And then she's back in like the next scene in a jail cell. Well, I mean
0: that's that also kind of ties in with my Shining parallel. So for anyone who has seen The Shining, they'll know, or maybe watched a few times because it's a little confusing the first time you see it. The *The Shining is sort of about a house that almost has like a will of its own, and it wants to inflict suffering on others. And so Silent Hill itself is not necessarily reality. It's sort of this weird... Almost like unknowable alien force. At least that's what I'm interpreting it as. Maybe I'm way off base.
2: So Silent Hill mm-hmm. is almost based on the characters. You were talking about how they talked about their flaws and it feeds off of them. Yeah. It's more like a personal hell for characters. Okay. Because everyone has done something that or had something done to them that is very traumatic and this town is like sort it of the feeds off of it like a monster.
1: Okay. Yeah, and it sends you to I think they call it the outer world. Yes. In the game. Okay. So yeah, this this you know the city
0: itself has this weird alien will. So Maria coming back, yeah, that's confusing and weird. But in the confines of Silent Hill, it's because he you know James needs to be run through the ringer. You know they like he needs to know what he did, and essentially we find out that and correct me if I'm wrong because there's multiple endings so I I, you know
2: so before you get to that when Uh when Maria does come back that's when she really starts exhibiting a lot of Mary's characteristics she tells James about the videotape that they recorded together and James is confused on how she knows any of this because she's Maria right she's not his wife and she just kind of is very ambiguous she's like oh don't worry about it honey you'll find out
0: (laughs) (laughs) so come to find out his wife didn't die three years earlier. She'd actually died what, like like a week before he went to Silent Hill, something something like that, maybe a month. Yeah, you find out that James killed her. Yeah, yes. James smothered her with like mm-hmm. a pillow. Uh, because she had been ill, and so for, what, the last three years he didn't visit her as much because he was too scared of her? He, like, didn't want to see her decline, and she started lashing out, and, you know, she had
2: some disease. They don't ever really say. So they don't ever really say it on purpose, but they kind of hint at things. Like that, cancer, basically, or something? Um. Well, actually, this is where we're going to get into some really dark territory. Oh. So a lot of James' personal hell is sexual. Yeah. And it's based on sexual repression. So a lot of fan theories theorize that Maria or Mary, sorry, super confusing with the two of them, but uh-huh. they theorize that Mary was raped oh. and Mary caught syphilis, and that's what killed her as a form of syphilis. Oh,
0: hence why her declining
2: health her declining and health her going health, mad, her going insane, and oh. that James basically. Cannot have sex because of this, because his wife has a sexually transmitted disease. Hence why he's, he's
0: repressing all of his things and why everything is so sexually violent.
2: Yes. Oh. So a lot of the theory is that Mary was raped in an apartment, thus, the pyramid head raping in the apartment.
0: I see. Man, that is That's super dark, heavy. Yeah. yeah, it gets that is, real dark and real heavy. Oh, I'm glad we dropped that warning at the start of this episode because, <laughs> good lord, yeah, that is it, it is super dark and heavy. And by the end of the game, you like can either confront Mary about it and essentially the Maria,
2: or well, it's one or the other, right? At the end of the game.
1: what well, the end of the game, I mean, it is Maria you're approaching and you defeat, right?
2: It's Maria you approach and defeat, but she's got the spirit of Mary.
0: I see. Okay, that's what I'm getting mixed <laughs> up on. So, yeah, so Maria is is sort of channeling Mary and or, or maybe is to a degree or is sort of like the representation of what terrible things like you know happened or whatever whatever the I mean, case essentially it's him
1: fighting his demons is yeah, what it is exactly
0: and so she transforms into this like weird like sick looking being that's in like a cage that looks like a hospital bed yeah. essentially like that is so dark and heavy and messed up but there's like lots of different endings right so like there's endings where like you fight her there's endings where you take the little girl and run away uh there's like a quite a few different yeah. endings
1: Sean, you got the list of endings there
2: I do not have the list of endings up right now. All right, well, I have them right here. Oh, perfect, perfect.
1: Um, So there's one that's called Leave, which I guess is the easiest one to get. And I'm not sure. A lot of the ways you get the endings is you look at certain items, or you don't look at certain items, or you don't go through certain doors. Um, In this one, Mary tells you to go on with your life. It ends with James and Laura, the little girl, walking walking off together. Um, There's the In Water, which Mary tells James he's suffering. Mary dies in his hands, and then James drives his car into Toluca Lake. Lake. Uh There's the Marie ending, which is the one that I got, and I feel like it really didn't make sense for me. (laughs) I don't know how I got this ending, Uh but James realized he doesn't need Mary anymore, and he meets up with Maria at Rosewater Park, and they walk off together, but then right before the end, and actually, so it reads the letter um in this in this ending yeah, uh-huh. it, read, it reads, it reads the mary's letter the full of version of letter. letter. and i do have to say the voice acting for the for the lady that did the voice for mary reading this letter was really good yes like you can feel the emotion the actual the, emotion yeah in this letter um but anyway so with the marie ending as you're walking off together it reads the letter the letter ends maria coughs hinting and, that she has and james the like illness. you should get that cough looked at
0: Oh. <laughs> Which makes it like full circle. Uh, history repeating itself,
1: essentially. Um, and you guys can jump in if you get any comments on these. Uh, the, there's Game Plus version. So these are the only ones you can get after beating the game once with mm-hmm. those three endings. There's the rebirth. And James tells Maria he's through with her. James then rows a boat into Toluca Lake to revive Mary.
0: Oh, right. With like dark occult things found in Silent Hill. Yeah. That is super dark.
1: Um, in the greatest hits version and also the Xbox version, there's the UFO ending. Oh yeah, there's always a goofy ending, right? So this yes. is this was in Silent Hill one and I, I it's in multiples. I mean, I know it's in three.
2: Yeah, Silent Hill typically has an alien ending. Um, Silent Hill homecoming has one where it doesn't really show aliens. you just kind of walk outside and then like you get beamed up into a spaceship and it has a goofy <laughs> little thing.
1: It's yeah so it's stupid. it's a silly ending yeah uh-huh. two
2: and threes are the, the goofiest
1: um so in this one so in, I, I should say this is a little bit of a spoiler for Soundhill hill one um there's an a ufo ending oh yeah yeah where they abduct uh what's name? Oh, yeah harry, the mason. Main character. Yep, harry mason the main character in this one uh if you open if you use the blue gem in three specific, yeah, specific locations um, the third use is in the hotel room where you watch the tape, where you realize that you had killed Mary. Yeah. Um, all You go to the window and use it, and then all of a sudden these like, spaceships come flying towards you. Then it turns into like a black and white, uh, still shot, still images with like writing on the screen. Uh-huh. Um, Harry Mason comes up to you and is like, hey, have you seen my daughter? <laughs> and then James is like, no, have you seen my wife? And then that's all of a sudden so an alien shoots James, and then they abduct him with Harry giving the alien a thumbs up.
2: <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty
0: that's, dumb. It's
1: pretty fun.
2: That's
0: hilariously, especially, it's hilariously terrible, especially when you put it in the context of, oh God, like this guy murdered his wife and all these terrible things happened to her and yada yada. And it's like, hey, have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my wife? <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up. And, uh, and those are the
1: uh, endings that uh, there are. And then the last one is the infamous dog ending.
0: <laughs> That's the one where a dog is controlling all the
1: terrible things that happen to you, right? The Shiba in you. <laughs> so you find this dog bone key, and you go to this room where you can't get in in the first playthrough. And uh, so to get this ending, you have to beat in the game on the original three, mm-hmm. or beaten it once and then beat the rebirth ending. Okay. And then you can unlock this type of ending. Um, yeah, you walk into a control room. There's a dog controlling with a bunch of levers. Uh, James walks in and is only in Japanese. Yes. They never... <laughs> it's not converted <laughs> to English. That's even better. And uh, what does he say? I, 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 it was you the whole time or something like that? Something along those lines. I don't remember. Um, and uh, he drops to his knees. The dog comes up, licks his face, and then it his dog's credit for an ending. <sighs> oh, and I remember man. the first, so I beat this game, okay? Uh-huh. And I got that Marie ending. And I was like, this makes no sense. I'm going to look up a little bit about this game. Because uh-huh. it's already 2005. Sure. I feel like everything had already been researched about this game. Yeah. It's all online. And it's like, oh, has multiple endings. I'm like, oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, let me see what endings they get. And I'm looking on YouTube and I'm like flying through videos and it's like dog ending. And I watch it. I'm like, this isn't real. (laughs) This can't be real. It's in Japanese. Like, this makes no sense. (laughs) But it was.
2: It it almost looks like a bad YouTube Flash animation, too, because it has a different art style than the game.
1: Yeah, it seems like a fan-made type of ending. And that's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, Oh, this isn't real.
0: Well, I tell you what, guys. Uh, Well, actually, uh, uh, Glitch, do you have any uh, speedrun
1: or glitch information that you were able to track down? I do. Uh, So I I did pull up the quote. Uh, James says to the dog, so it was all your work. And that's it.
0: (laughs) That's so weird.
1: Um, Yes, so I do. And uh, I have a little bit about the reputation of the game. Um, Oh, yeah. There were a few lists that came out. In 2010, IGN put out the 100 greatest PlayStation 2 games and that ranked 54th. Okay. okay. Um, in 2012, G4 put out the greatest games of all time list, and that ranked 85th. Wow. And then in 2014, Game Informer did top 25 horror games of all time, and it ranked second, right behind Resident Evil 1. Um, and I, hmm. I do have that screenshot. Um, it went... Uh, I just got the top eight: eight Left for Dead, seven Last of Us, six Resident Evil Four, five Fatal Frame Two, four Insomnia: The Dark Descent, three Dead Space, two Silent Hill Two, and one was Re- Resident Evil One. Hmm, which is a good list. Yeah,
2: that's a very solid list. Fatal yeah, Frame Fatal Frame 2, Frame two is one of my oh absolute yeah, absolutely, favorite it's horror such games. a great game.
1: <laughs> um, the glitches. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There are a few glitches that a lot of the speedrunners use uh, to get through areas. So when you're walking down the streets at nighttime, Mm -hmm. um, if you keep looking at the map, enemies will despawn. And that's because they don't want enemies to attack you while you're looking at the map. Oh, So you can just turn off your flashlight, and it will be like it's too dark to read your map. So you just keep walking through the streets with your flashlight off, trying to look at the map as you're running, and no enemies will spawn. Oh, I'll be danged. Um, you can skip the a- abstract daddy boss, which is the scene with Angela. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, you just do that too dark to read the map thing as you're walking past the cutscene area and it won't load. So you just <laughs> keep walking past that door. Or
0: Angela. She doesn't like, need get closure. And
1: then the bug room. I don't know if you guys, if you remember that, Sean, the, the room with full of bugs and you got to shoot all the bugs to yes. get the key. Uh, if you quick save and then quick load, it gives you both keys to the room to exit out. Oh. Huh. It was a mistake on the developers. Huh. Interesting. Speedrunning, I got that Punchy has the world record for this game in uh, the top three categories of the difficulty. Um, any percent, he has it for 38 minutes and 31 seconds, which that's insanely fast for this yes. game. Wow. Yeah. 38 minutes to fly through this game. Um. So yeah, he has first place in the five categories, which also includes the dog ending version.
0: <laughs> oh, so good.
1: And he uses the PC port because uh, it was rushed, and there's a lot of bugs, including quick save, which you can just quick save over and over, and it keeps your me- momentum and stamina at a s- like fast pace the entire time. Oh, you just click clicking quick clicks uh, clicking quick save over and over, and it just keeps your speed up.
0: I had heard that the the PC version was kind of crappy. Uh, I didn't realize it was. That buggy, though. Wow. Yeah, pretty broken. Uh, Any uh, other thoughts you uh, uh, guys wanted to bring up on uh, Silent Hill 2 before I jump to the music?
2: So, yeah, actually, you brought up um, The Shining a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, one of the biggest influences on this is the 1999 film Jacob's Ladder. Oh. Which I don't know if either of you have seen Jacob's Ladder. No,
0: I think we talked about this previously on, on one
2: another one of our shows on yeah. the network. And I feel like, yeah, neither of us had seen it. I think it was on Noise Lane Arcade. So Jacob's Ladder is a psychological horror film about a man who returns from Vietnam and starts seeing demons assaulting him throughout a town. And basically a lot of the things happen that are very similar to Silent Hill. He goes to a hospital. Oh. Things are twitching real quick, kind of like the Silent Hill monsters will do. Ugh. And it might be his own personal hell, kind of like Silent Hill. So if you're a big fan of Silent Hill, I recommend Jacob's Ladder, the 1990 version. There was a remake this year, in 2019, and it is terrible. Oh, that's depressing. But also, one interesting note about it is, if you look at James' design in this game, he's got a green jacket, Mm -hmm. which is a green veteran's jacket, which is the same jacket that the main character wears in Jacob's Ladder, played by Tim Robbins. Oh, is James Sunderland... A, a, like, ex-military, technically? They never really get into that, but his jacket is the same jacket, so possibly. Oh, hmm. huh. interesting.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I got a lot of parallels, and I've never seen Jacob's Ladder to get those parallels, and it sounds like there's a lot more there, but I definitely got a lot of parallels to The Shining, the old, uh, you know, uh, what year did that originally come out? 80? 80... 1980. 1980. Uh, 1980 uh, version of uh, The Shining. I. Uh, I should
2: lend you Jacob's Ladder. You'd really like it. <laughs> I probably would. I really, really think sounds, you would like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds really messed up and creepy. I definitely have to catch that sometime. Uh, but I tell you what, guys. Let's go ahead and take a brief pause. We'll hear a word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll jump into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, it gives you gaming history, and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there. And it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit oldschoolgamer.com and subscribe now. Boom, shakalaka. All right, so we have a to talk about when it comes to the uh, music here. So the music was composed by Akira Yamaoka, who not only worked on the Silent Hill series in general, like just about all of them, it seems. Uh, he also did the music for a bunch of Konami games that are really, really good. Uh, co- uh Contra Hardcore for Sega Genesis. Great game. He did the music for both the Sparkster games, both for SNES and for Genesis. He also did another game that we've covered previously before. What is it? Nagano Winter Olympics, 98, <laughs> which had good music. Wait, but what version? Uh, I could only did, I could only find that he did okay. the music. I, I'm almost guessing maybe he did both.
1: Because it was the know. PlayStation version that had that saxophone intro, if you remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with either of them, honestly. Uh, he also, th- this is kind of a weird thing, he uh, more recently worked with a dream team on a game that I would not have expected. Puzzle and Dragons X? He worked alongside Kenji Ito, Yuzu Koshiro, and uh, Keigo Ozaki. Now, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, Kenji Ito worked on, like, a, a, what was it called? Saga Frontier Games for PlayStation. Yuzu Koshiro worked on the Streets of Rage series. Oh. So yeah, he he got a, a he was a oh and then Keiko Ozaki worked on like Smash Brothers, uh, but it
1: was a puzzle game they worked on
0: Puzzle and Dragon's X. Hmm. It's a puzzle game. Yeah. I listened to the music. It's not bad. I don't feel like it's their best work by any means, but it wasn't bad. It was it was worth glancing at, worth listening to, uh, but we have all kind of put together a list of uh, a song each that we'd like to uh, play a little bit of, uh, for you. So first up is Sean's choice. And this is the theme of Laura. <laughs> thing that the like the game is filled with like creepy ambient themes but you also have a lot of themes like that in the game where it's like this is legitimately like kind of amazing it's not just ambiance you know
2: yamaoka has a really good skill for that i don't know but he actually released albums by himself that weren't part of any video game or anything and they're real weird I'm somehow not that surprised (laughs) that they'd be real weird, Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and uh,
0: give uh, the next song. This is one I had uh, chosen out called Promise. The song. It's not like especially creepy or anything, you know? It's 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 almost like
1: maybe a little bit more almost emotional. It's somewhat melancholy, I yeah, think. Yeah, kind got of a little sad. And it reminds me of a popular song. Yeah. What if God was one of us? It has that like well, I can kinda hear the a little bit. Yeah, you yeah, hear that, right?
2: I can kinda of hear it, yeah. That actually used to be my alarm in the morning for the really? longest period of time. Are, yeah. Really? <laughs> Wait, What If God Was One of Us or Promise? Promise.
0: promise uh, oh, okay. Promise. That makes Thank a One of us, okay. Uh, now, before we get to Glitch's song, uh, which will round everything out, I did want to uh, play at least a little bit of the, uh, like, a kind of ambient, one of the ambient tracks. This yeah. is the song Forest, just to give an idea of kind of the alternative to the music in this game. Uh, this will, I think, give a pretty good idea. creepiness like where it just assaults your ears and makes you uncomfortable it's definitely a pleasant sounding it just comes off as very like sad and alone and you know yeah almost like suffocating in the fact that like you're just like like you know that just you're really really alone i uh, but uh glitch you chose a song that i uh, you, you 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 described it as any true fan of Silent Hill two will be upset that we don't play this. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the dog ending credits song. <laughs> Let's go ahead and give this a bit of a listen here. the weirdest thing about this is that it's playing clips from the game and they're just all these really sad scenes like Eddie throwing up into a toilet
2: and stuff and it's just this dog like and it's like oh good lord this is madness so have either of you guys seen Silent Hill or Silent Hill uh, Halloween 3 uh no No. that's the one that's not doesn't have it doesn't have Michael Myers and it's like this company puts out these evil masks that kill children and they have like this commercial that plays that is like Ten more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> and every time it starts up, it sounds like the dog song starting up. <laughs> Those two have a very similar like buildup of that. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs>
1: oh my lord, that is terrifying. And yeah, so the first time I heard this, this ain't was real. me looking at No, this can't be real. This this can't be a real ending. This has to be something fans made. But it's real. It's real. Yep.
0: Oh boy. So that is Silent Hill 2 an utterly terrifying game and really a a dark look into like the psyche of, of, you know, this poor, poor guy, James Sunderland. And like the, the, the terrible thing he did. And also just the terrible things that happen around him and this sort of like personal hell that he now is like sort of stuck in, in this miserable town called silent Hill. But what are your guys' kind of last thoughts on silent Hill too?
2: I absolutely love Silent Hill 2. I'm glad you guys brought me on here. Anytime you guys do a horror game, I would love to come <laughs> on because I love horror games and this is one of my personal favorites. So this is this ranks in like your top like ten games of all time? I would put it in my top ten games of all time. Yes. Wow, wow.
1: If if I could take anything from this game, I will just say mm-hmm. if you're in a hotel room, knock before you enter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I uh, my my final thoughts. I kind of went through already. I I think if you're looking for something that's a little bit m- better than the jump scares, a little bit you know, not more tastefully done by any means. I mean, there's some really nasty stuff in this game that you could argue is not as tasteful. But like, if you're looking for something that's a little bit more into the psychological horror side of things, Silent Hill Two is absolutely for you. But. Let's uh, uh, jump into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse.
2: Sean, you, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all.
0: You, you chose. I, I always think that our guests are gonna choose something good because I'm always stuck playing bad things because of the glitch, but. You would think that I like
1: called Shawna. I was like, "Hey,
0: <laughs> hey, listen, buddy, play you're, a hey, really bad game. It. Make sure it's bad." The only reason I know that's not true is because you also had to play it glitch, and that is Resident Evil uh, Survivor.
2: Yeah, oh. oh. and it's a light gun game without a light gun. Yeah, so it has a light gun in Japan where you can play it with the light gun. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, prior to this game's release, um, the mass shooting at Columbine had happened.
0: It just wouldn't be an episode without you where we don't talk about horrifying true-life events, would it,
2: Yeah, John? so they took out the gun because that will stop all gun violence in the future, and we were all <laughs> safe for the future and nothing bad ever happened again. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this is a... a- first-person shooter Resident Evil game where you can go into gun mode and you use the control pad to aim and like R1 to shoot or whatever.
1: And oh, other- it's R1 to pull up the Oh, right, cursor. R1
0: to pull up the cursor
1: and then to yeah, go so ahead and... Yeah, so you have to stop know, moving. Uh-huh. Press R1 to pull up the cursor. Uh-huh. And then aim with the D-pad. <sighs>
0: yeah. So this game takes place in some other country aside from America. And you find out through some restaurant manager's notes that apparently Umbrella is there, and apparently uh, the head of Umbrella, like, just is BFF with this restaurant manager who only sells to the people of who work for Umbrella. He, it, this is like an Umbrella Corporation sponsored kitchen in the middle of the
2: city, not even in one of their office buildings. Well, Sheena Island is where it takes place, and it is an island that's owned by Umbrella. Okay, that makes a little more but they sense. they Own the the island. They own the entire
0: island. Yeah, that's that makes more sense. But it also doesn't make that much sense that the random restaurant owner is like, I can't believe that uh, some guy shot himself up with T virus and became a monster in this other country. Man, who'd have thunk it? It's like, why do you know this?
2: This is stupid. <laughs> This is just so stupid, and I hate it. I mean, him knowing that part is dumb, but yes. him knowing of the tragedy of Raccoon City makes sense. Well, yeah, because the whole city was like wiped off the face the of the earth. The president right? of the United States nuked the city. I'm pretty sure we would know if the president nuked, like, oh look, Pittsburgh's gone, guys. <laughs> the president decided to nuke it. There was something going on. I uh,
0: I hate zombies. Make sure to nuke
2: that city into the ground. <laughs> George W. Bush, who would have so been that was President Reagan of or something. <laughs> well, I think that we should nuke Raccoon City. It would have been Bill Clinton at the time.
0: Oh, I think that we should nuke Raccoon City. <laughs> oh, give me another hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I uh, this game, man. What are you giving it, guys, on the 8-bit scale? Like, what what can you say about this game? Just 8-bit scale it. Let it, let it be done.
1: Well, let's, let's also say this game came out in 2000.
0: Right. After Resident Evil 3, it looks way worse. Yeah. The main character's hands look like these creepy, like,
2: Sasquatch hands. They're, like, really big and gross. And, like, the enemy humans... The Dreamcast had been out for two years in Japan at this point. Because it came out in 98 in Japan oh and the the like the human
0: guards you have to fight that work for like umbrella are like ape like they have like these long lanky arms and like they're hunched over and stuff and then like when you kill them they hiss and like turn into acid and
1: like, yeah, dust yeah. i i can only presume
0: they're not really
1: human but have you never killed a man before because not
0: that, that i'm willing to admit to on the air say <laughs> that's what happens what are you gonna do uh, you heard the intro to this episode, right? There's a reason I was called to Simon <laughs> Hill, <laughs> and it's because I murdered
1: Sean. Good point.
0: Uh, so, 8-bit scale. What do you say, guys?
1: I give it a 3, and I, I think that's a little high probably what you guys can give, because it is a Resident Evil game. It has a lot of the aspects I, I liked about Resident Evil, like the music and... Uh, mm. Sound it's not effects. the worst thing I've ever played, for sure.
0: It's it's not. It, it is not. A, I'm sure to Resident Evil fans, it's just a punch in the gut. For me, not being into survival horror, it's like, okay, this isn't fun, and it's kind of bad, but it's not necessarily like a, a blight upon everything I loved about this series. I honestly
2: was gonna say like a three out of eight. Okay, so. As the biggest Resident Evil fan of this group, uh-huh. you would think it would be a punch in the gut, but it's a guilty pleasure. It's like watching <laughs> a bad movie. Like what, are Troll a, two, what are you giving it? What are you giving it? Five out of eight. You piece of garbage! And, I knew it! I knew you'd give it a high score. I would say five out of eight is a high score, but well, it's better it's than a guilty average. Pleasure, yeah, better. You, you, you
0: hail Survivor is better than average. I mean, you you at least are willing to admit it's a guilty pleasure, so I'll grant you that. You know, it, it is certainly oh, it's guilty. It's a terrible <laughs> game, and I know
2: that it's a terrible game, but I love it for how bad it is. That's fair. I'll I'll, I'll give you that.
0: That's fair. So, I tell you what, guys, let's go ahead and jump on into our uh, opening music brackets. Uh, I'm sorry, no character theme brackets. What am I thinking? That was like seasons ago. A season ago, but yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> It feels like seasons ago. It's been a long time. It's been a few months. It's been like forever. So, we are having our character theme brackets. And we have... Uh, this is the second round now, so we have some heavy hitters going against each other. Yeah. So, first up, in the spirit of Halloween, we have, from Final Fantasy VI, the theme of Kefka. This is, of course, composed by Nobuo Uematsu, And, I mean... Let's go ahead and give it a listen. It speaks for itself, I think, but uh, let's do this. music of insanity itself. I love that song. Kefka is a phenomenal villain. It's And it's a great theme he has, too. It's not even just like he's a great villain and, you know, his theme's okay, I guess. Yeah, he's got a really solid theme to go along with, you know, his just sheer insanity. Uh, now, opposing all the forces of evil and, I guess, Halloween, <laughs> we have ike's theme from fire emblem radiant dawn now uh radiant dawn uh was composed by a team uh yoshito hirano chika sekigawa and naoko mitome uh the three of them work together and uh the fire emblem series has really epic music and ike's theme in this game is real 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 epic so let's go ahead and uh give it a listen just a super heroic theme it's very suspenseful too yeah it's very it it's not it i mean it's an ike's theme but it reminds me of like a battle theme you know I mm-hmm. uh, now i uh, when it comes to voting on uh you know both of these just giant awesome songs uh you can of course go ahead and jump on the legend of retro's facebook page you can follow us on twitter you can also join our Discord. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com, there's a link on that page to join up on the, the Discord. You can get a vote there. And members of our Patreon also get a bonus vote as well. Also, Patreon has a lot of other perks and benefits. Uh, for just the dollar a month, you get the uh, you know uh, extra vote for the brackets we do every week. And then to top it off, you also have early access to our Retro Relapse videos because videos... When we don't have special guests, we'll uh, always release on uh, Sundays there, of course. And then from there, uh, you know, we uh, release it uh, on Thursdays, with uh, the same day we uh, release episodes. And for $5 a month, you also get access to uh, the Game Shark special, where, uh, you know, we uh, have, talk about different topics and stuff like that. It's a fun monthly bonus special. But there is another benefit of supporting us on Patreon, and that's because all the other shows on the network will also you know give you all the benefits and unlock when you do so now sean you join me for another show why don't you tell everybody about that show you're on with me
2: yeah so if anybody's interested in learning about the simpsons craig and i are actually going through the entire series but that matters of the simpsons and we're currently up to season three and if you donate to our patreon you actually get our smart line which are our bi-monthly bonus episode we cover topics such as characters Random things that have to do with the episode. Sometimes we just talk about things that were in an episode, like Michael Jackson. (laughs) Ah, yes. The uh, infamous pulled episode, which we uh, covered, uh, as of this recording, it's been fairly recently.
0: Uh, uh, Stark Raving Dad, the now lost episode of The Simpsons, which is no longer available. There's
1: an episode one to season three?
0: (laughs) There is. Oh. And you can hear about it on our show. Now, I... the Glitch has also been a uh, guest star on uh, some episodes with us, so by all means, track down episodes like Dance and Homer. Uh, I think as of this recording, we will also have uh, Lisa's Pony yep. you'll have been on, and
1: you've been on another episode. Uh, Bart Gets Hit by a Car. Yes,
0: that's, that's all right. It. Yep. So uh, uh, if especially if you love the uh, the Glitch on the Legend Retro, make sure to track down those uh, episodes so you can hear those uh, first. But uh, yeah, it's uh, been great chatting with you guys about this horrendously spooky game like more spookier and scarier I think than anything else we could possibly cover on this channel and I think that's a monster that's coming closer and closer I think we have to go like right now I have I have a train ticket to this place called Silent Hill let's go ahead and get out of here guys we'll see you next time when When the legend legend continues. continues